Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast, episode 40. Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast with your host, Jack Mountain Bushcraft School founder and master main guide, Tim Smith. I'm your host, Tim Smith. I'm a registered master main guide, and in 1999, I founded the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School. We help people become more skilled, more knowledgeable, more experienced, and more confident outdoors by using traditional skills, a few simple tools, and field-based experience. Whether you're looking to go from city slicker to competent outdoor professional, want to experience a remote expedition, or just want to learn a few new outdoor skills, we've got you covered. You can check out the show notes to this and all of our podcasts at blog.jackmtn.com. When you're there, click on the podcast button. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Lastly, the best way to keep up with our programs and trips is to join our email newsletter. And you can do that at jmbnews.com. Hello and welcome back to episode 40 of the Jack Mountain Bushcraft podcast. We're sitting in the guide shack May 26th recording this. And spring has sprung here in Aroostook County, Maine. We've had a pretty dry spring and lots of wind, lots of sunshine. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really used to it, so the weather's been so nice. Um, and as a result of all the dryness, all the sunshine, the bugs haven't been as bad. They're really just starting to come out now. Yep. Um, uh, so it's Christopher and I this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just wrapped up week six of our current uh, nine-week spring wilderness bushcraft semester course. Um, this year, we're really doing a push on our journeyman certification, and yesterday we wrapped up the week with people passing all of their axemanship testing. So that was a nice thing to see, people swinging axes very safely. Um, I'm known to having had said uh, that you should be able to use an axe barefoot uh, it would be foolish and stupid to do so, to not, you know, have safety precautions uh, as part of your gear. But if you're using it wisely and safely, there should be about zero chance, zero percent chance that you're going to chop yourself. So it's just really nice to see the young folks on the course really getting it and able to, you know, able to do that. So then when we travel, it's not a big deal. We never have to worry if someone's going to be safe or not. Mm. Um so yeah, that's always a great thing. Any any other current events with uh, the semester? Um, not with the semester, but last weekend you and I went down to uh, Southern Maine and participated in a Swiftwater Jeez, rescue. Jeez, we course. were down south of Route Two, almost down to Portland. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we took a Swiftwater rescue course with um, Northeast Whitewater. Yeah, with Jeremy at Northeast Whitewater. Yeah. What a great course! Great guy, yeah, great instructor. Yeah, but spent the weekend swimming. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Christopher and I, Christopher's dressed in like khaki pants, bean boots, and like a wool sweater. Everybody else is like wetsuit, dry suit, you know, whatever. Um, and it was cold. The first day was cold and the water yes, was pretty was. cold. So Christopher's like dressed for like a casual outing, uh, jumping in and out <laughs> of the water. And I had on like a t-shirt, shorts, and my giant hat. Um, and I was pretty cold at the end of the first day. It was fine the second day. The air temperature was a little warmer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, great course. You know, got to really practice rescue swimming, swimming rapids, um, Z drags, unpinning boats, 
foot entrapment and, you know, just a fun, great uh, weekend on the water. Yeah, definitely. Met some cool people. Yeah, good good times all around. That was uh, that was great. Um, anyway, uh, so big news around here. Uh, longtime listeners and anybody who's been to the field school know that um, a year and a half ago, we dug a big pond up here. And this uh, past week in the mail, I finally received from the state of Maine my permit to stock it with brook trout. And I'm just tickled pink uh, about it. Um, uh, always wanted to have a little trout pond. And I think when we teach, you know, fly casting and things now, yeah. we'll have to, you know, uh, be retrieving lots of fish out of the pond and taking them off hooks and things. So that's just super exciting. So consider us fish farmers as well as other things at this point. Um, had a guy come out yesterday. We're going to do a big field school upgrade. Uh, the guy who dug our well here about eight years ago. We're going to dig another well and we're going to put it in Moose Vegas. So we're really going to up the ante on the Moose Vegas uh, primitive camp. Moose Vegas is our, currently our stu- student the residential camp for long-term programs that's where everybody lives and um you know we've got an outhouse out there and we're going to add water and cooking facilities so that Mm -hmm. uh just to really up the ante and that'll allow us to run multiple programs here if we ever desire to um well i know there's one on the calendar already so this fall this october jack mountain alumnus and uh uh survival tv celebrity is that would that be a a word i guess yep uh sam larson who starred on alone a few years ago season one and is on the current season of alone is going to run a course here in i think it's the first week of october anyway uh google him sam larson alone if you're interested in attending that uh super young guy uh was interviewed by me on a previous episode of the podcast um but Great guy, great instructor, very knowledgeable, great sense of humor, and a super fun guy to spend a week with. So that's going to come in October. So we're just gearing up for that with our with our new well. Uh, yeah, as well as, you know, we're clearing up there and going to get it, eventually kind of stump it and get it flattened out and start building a lot of, uh, you know, traditional primitive shelters up there so that when students are there, they're, you know, they're really living it rather than relying on like propane stoves and stuff. Yeah, so it, it'll harken back to the early days of the field school. Uh, and our plan is, other than a hand pump on the well and two outhouses, to not have any modern stuff yeah. up there. So we'll build tradi- uh, you know, a bunch of different traditional shelters um, and just keep it as our primitive camp. Mm-hmm. And I have been elected sheriff of the Moose Vegas primitive camp. And I don't know what I'm going to do with this power, but... I'm going to lord it over somebody. The sheriff of Moose Vegas. So uh, what we need, if you're listening to this, those giant foam cowboy hats yes, that people please. wear to sporting events. Um, somebody send us a link as to where we can get yep. one. And, yeah. And Christopher will wear it every day. And walk with my, in that weird <laughs> wide stance. I need to find something that makes my boots jingle when I walk. Yeah. Jingle jangle or just jingle? Just jingle. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that'll be fun. And we're doing a bunch of other upgrades up here as well. We're going to build a, uh, a roving course, which is an archery pastime, which is, uh, 
I don't know, sort of akin to like mini golf for archery would be the way I think about it. Like there's a lot of... We're going to build like paper mache windmills and stuff. Is that the... Uh... Yeah. Have you not seen what I've been building down by the river? Um, no, it was, there's a, but it's sort of a... Maybe disc golf is a better... It doesn't matter. It's, it's a course that's set up with a bunch of different um, targets and sort of obstacles to shoot around or through. Or maybe it's a, a shot that has a certain, you know, it's three par shot and you have to get from one end of the field to the other with by shooting three arrows and so we'll be building that we're hopefully going to get an orienteering course going as well there's a lot of improvement happening up here Um, but not self-improvement we've been getting worse and worse (laughs) but the land looks a lot better yeah uh a couple other updates um umpy uh, the university of maine at presque isle i was on uh spoke with them Last week, we're still on track to have everything set up uh, with UMPI to offer an articulation agreement and college credits for our for our uh, courses, and that's set up to run for the fall semester. So that will be all set up by by mid to late June. Um, so we're super excited about that. That's the oh, it's about thirty five minutes from the field school to the UMPI campus. Um, so we plan to have. Uh, know events over there and we're just looking forward to having a local academic partner yeah um you know we've been partnered with western state colorado university in gunnison colorado for it's got to be 12 years now um and that's been a very positive very productive partnership where students can come out and get credits directly through them uh but you know it's it'll just be i think a little bit of a different animal when it's really close to us and we can go and go on campus and you know answer questions and things yeah. um in person so I, we're super looking forward to that um uh yeah a couple other couple other current event things um summer woodsman course is completely full there is a waiting list so Let's just say if you're interested in the summer woodsman and you're not officially on the course for this year, you're probably not going to be able to do it this year. Mm -hmm. We do have an autumn woodsman course coming up uh, in early November. Yeah, early November here at the field school. Um, And that'll be a great time. No bugs. Should be pretty cool, but not a ton of snow yet. So it should be easy to get around. Uh, So it'll be a great time. We're going to include a lot of stuff on winter camping, like hot tents and tent stoves. Uh, things like that. We'll probably go over a lot of winter skills in order to prep for the colder weather. Um, and it'll be a great time to do overnights, uh, in the front of a fire-based shelter because there won't be any bugs and it'll be cold enough where if you are not on your A game, uh, mother nature will teach you some severe lessons. So that's always a good, a good thing to have. Um, New piece of gear that that I just got up here. Uh, great for off grid living. It, it is a called a Rand solar oven, and it's a glass evacuated tube that's about five inches in diameter. Um, and I plan to use it not as an oven, but it's my new uh, portable water heater. So I fill this thing up with water from our pump. It comes out of the our well water comes out of the ground really cold. Um, but then you stick it in the sun, and in a couple hours, it's boiling. So uh, I've been using it every day for the past week. I fill it up. I stick it, stick it in the sun. And even on cloudy days, it still gets nice and hot. So basically, it's my water heater, and I'm able to do dishes with it every night without having to heat water with wood or propane. Um, you know, I'm also able to pour it into 
uh, pump up solar shower and have a nice hot shower at the end of the day. Thank God. <laughs> it holds about a gallon. Um, and it, what was it? 70 bucks, I think I paid for it on Amazon, but just a great piece of off grid kit, you know, like otherwise you have to, uh, you know, work to get your hot water, but things like that, that you can sort of set out and just let the sun work on them. I love those types of, you know, yeah, passive anything, solar. Pa- yeah, anything passive is good up here. Um, yeah, so we've got a couple of trips coming up, um, as part of the semester course we're on, we always finish with a big trip this semester. We're going to go up to the headwaters of the Aroostook river, which we are on the banks of here and then float back. And that's always an epic trip. Um, one of the places we camp, there's a big bald eagle nest on this Island. And, you know, the last few times I've been there this time of year, they always have babies in the nest and they're just talking all day. They don't shut up. They really don't shut up. It's like kind of annoying to be when honest. When you're first there, it's sort of like, oh, listen to the eagles. And after like a day or two, you're like, do those things ever stop talking? Yeah. Would someone please feed them? <laughs> There's no one thinking about the children. Uh, but you're, we're able to get some great sh- yeah. photos of like bald eagles flying back to the nest with fish in their talons and things like that. And then... Um, yeah, and then it's just a beautiful run back down to the field school. Uh, we always do final trip. We'll do solos out on the river where people will go out for uh, it's usually about 72 hours, uh, two nights um, to experience. Uh, to process the experience. Process the experience is probably a yeah. better way. And experience what the forest, what it feels like to be in the forest when, when you feel like you belong there. So maybe they can identify every tree and plant that they see mm-hmm. they any tracks that they see they'll know what they are they can look up at the sky and determine what the weather's going to do you know have their little campfire to boil their water and stuff so it's a neat experience yeah. um, the feedback that we get from the solo is always incredibly positive mm-hmm. uh, so we're excited about that and the week immediately following this semester we're super excited about the instructional team here from jack mountain consisting of ben christopher and myself um, are going to be joined by a good friend of ours and alumnus and future ta uh, colin clifford um, and and frank grindrod from earthwork programs in western massachusetts we're all going to rendezvous here at the field school then we're hopping in the truck and driving to the gaspe peninsula specifically the town of Bonaventure, where we're going to rendezvous with a couple of instructors from Karamat Wilderness Ways, um, uh, Kelly Harlton, Dragon Uzlak, and Blake Towsley. And then we are all going to jump in canoes and float the Bonaventure River. I have to say, I've never met any of these guys, but I'm terrified of Dragon. Like, just his (laughs) name is petrifying to me. I've never met the guy, but I don't know why I feel like he wants to kill me. I don't know. Uh, most people who meet you do want to kill you. Uh, yeah, that makes okay. That's what it is. But anyway, we plan to bring the audio recorder on the trip. Maybe we'll record a podcast Absolutely. from the riverbank, but expect it to be uh, you know, a little out there. Um, yeah, it's a lot of good guys who like having fun, getting together on a wild river. Uh, yeah, who knows what'll happen? Yeah, exactly. It's an epic river trip, though. If if you've never heard of this river, the the run is about eighty about eighty miles, maybe give or take a couple. They do everything in kilometers, and I keep telling the rest of the world <laughs> they need to get on board. Here in America, we have invented something called the imperial system, right? It's it's new. 
but it's just better than that metric system they use in other places. So uh, anyway, um, it's about 80 miles of just about continuous white water. You start at the top of the mountains, the Chichoks Mountains, right in the middle of the Gaspé Peninsula, and you take out literally in salt water at the beach. Um, but just the, you know, just about continuous white water, a, a little bit of technical stuff in the middle and th- when you go through Kicking Horse Pass, but the rest of it's all, you know, pretty simple, straightforward white water and just the clearest, cleanest, most beautiful water you've ever seen. Um, most places you go these days, they tell you to, to sanitize your water before you drink it. There, the people around there, I'll oh, just drink right out of the river, they say. So, uh, which, you know, last trip I did and didn't get sick or anything. So, yeah, just epic. There's not a lot of places left where you can pull that off. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Um, yeah, so that's that's coming up. Uh, after that trip, we've got our Wilderness Canoe Expedition semester coming up in July. And that's four weeks on the river there's still i think there's still one spot open for that which is unusual for this time of year but so if you're out there and really want to go become an expert at uh, canoeing and guiding and living on the river in wild places there's still one spot available but we're going to be out on that one paddling across maine we had planned to go to uh jackman and the moose river and then paddle to fort kent over that period of time i still toying with the idea of maybe switching that up a bit um, but you know, we'll see, we we'll definitely be out there the entire time. Um, but water levels will have something to do with it, uh, that time of year. And again, we've had a really dry spring. So often it's hard to really nail down exactly if you have the dates set up, sometimes it's hard when those dates come around. If the river that you would plan to do is a little bit too dry to run, um, you know, you got to call an audible and switch, switch gears midstream. Um, so yeah. we might have to do that. And while you while you guys are out on the canoe expedition at the field school, we'll have the uh, family bushcraft week, which is kind of just uh, an old favorite. I'm told that you know people come up here with their family and kind of have an alternative vacation and get to spend some time in the woods. And then we'll do our tech detox program for two weeks. So what's that all about? So that. <laughs> canned question i know right hey let me throw you a softball yeah thank you tell me Those more are the about ones this. i can hit um <laughs> but no this is a text detox program that we run up here is uh uh it's a two-week uh geez i'm tripping over the soapbox you left laying around from your imperial system question um the so tech teen the tech detox program is two weeks um people come up here spend a week at the field school, learn a little bit about canoeing and a little bit about living outdoors. And then we go out um, for the last for the last week out on the river or a lake and people get to put these skills into practice. And the there are no, no electronics on this course. Um, and that's kind of the, the purpose of it is to give teenagers and young people a chance to experience this stuff without wondering whether or not the next thing they do will make a good Instagram post. Wow. I'm going to worry about that, but they don't have to. Uh, no, I, uh, what an awesome, uh, what a noble effort, right? And one of the beauties of being in northern Maine is you, like Christopher, won't have to necessarily be the bad guy and collect everybody's stuff. I'm going to. Because there's, you just go to places where there's absolutely no yeah, cell coverage exactly. and, you know, the, and it takes care of itself. Yeah. And, it, and that's, I feel good about that. Not only because it, you know, like you say, I don't have to be the bad guy about it, but it, um, 
I also like the idea that they can have cameras with them all the time and everybody's phone is their camera now. So yeah, it works not everybody. Okay. Well, not me. I carry a camera. No, seriously, you're like throwing the everybody <laughs> bit around and no, it's in not podcast true. land. You can't see it, but I'm, I'm <laughs> massaging the bridge of my nose right now in disgust. Well, it was like that TV show from the 90s. Everybody loves Raymond. Like, I didn't love Raymond. I didn't even know Raymond. So why did they have to say everybody and include me? <laughs> you pick weird things. That, you pick weird hills to die on, Tim. Right. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's. I think that's probably our update. We should stop now. No. Uh, no. One last thing. Um, this December, after numerous requests... For, to do something like this. This December, we're finally going to dip our toe into the team building and team resiliency uh, market. So what we're offering, I believe on the, on the calendar, we have two dates set for this. So for two individual groups. Um, but for, geez, for at least 10 or 15 years, we've been offering something called the Frozen 48 as part of our winter survival and guide training uh, programming. And that consists of once people have the skill set needed to not perish in a bitter cold remote environment, they go out with very minimal kit uh, for 48 hours. So for example, you would have the instructional phase of the program and maybe if that were ending on a Tuesday morning, Tuesday morning the people would take their stuff you know, very minimal kit consisting of like a tarp, an axe, a fire lighter, a metal pot, um, and anything they want to carry in their pocket. So if they want to bring food, great. If, but, you know, no giant backpack full of stuff. So the idea is that they go out, build a shelter, get a fire going, and make it for 48 hours. So usually the first 24 hours, not too hard. It's the back end of that that is the very challenging bit. Um, But we want to offer that experience to a corporate group uh, or like a sales group or or something like that. Um, Any sort of, yeah, any sort of a team. And the idea is that they will come here, they will get that instruction, and then they will head into the forest and have that experience. And we know that there is nothing that uh, builds team resiliency faster than when they're facing a shared difficult situation so i feel very confident with the teams that we've built on expeditions and through through residential courses over the years that that the the groups that want to do this are going to get a ton out of it and i know there's that push these days with team building and stuff like yeah you can go and have like a trust fall or some other sort of contrived uh situation Um, but we wanted to offer this um because I think people are searching for real, authentic challenges, and this is definitely one. Um, you know, it's a no handholding sort of experience, and that is—I mean—that means that there's not going to be like cut and split firewood and sleeping bags hidden. You know, it's not going to be a reality TV show, I should say. And and participants are able to tap out uh, whenever they want, and you know, we will be there. Our our instructional team will be there. Um, facilitating the experience uh for safety reasons um we don't want anybody to get hurt uh but you know it's a fine line between um managing the experience too much where it's not authentic versus stopping people from injuring themselves or others uh so that's and that's the line that that we'll be walking 
during that experience. So if that's something that you are interested or if someone else you know is interested in, um, get in touch with us. There will be a link in the show notes for this uh, for this episode to the information page we have. Excuse me, the information page we have on that. Uh, so, yeah, so we've got that coming up as well. Um, I think that about yeah. wraps up our 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 current events uh, list of topics to talk about. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast and feel like um, you get something positive out of it, please leave us a review wherever you listen to it. Um, so. From the Guide Shack on this beautiful May morning, I hope you guys out there in podcast land have a great day, and we'll hit you back here real soon. Take care.